We're going to start with a nice word on Parshas Mikaitz. Dagadikala on the Pusik. Be Yosef ben Shloshim Shuna ba Omdelif Nepari Melech Matsrayim. Be Yaitza Yosef Melif Nepari. So Dagadikala asks, why does it say, Be Yosef ben Shloshim Shuna ba Omdelif Nepari? What's the significance of the age of Pari? And why does it say Pari Melech Matsrayim? A lot of Psikim mention Pari without mentioning that he's Melech Matsrayim. And then it says again, Be Yaitza Yosef Melif Nepari. The Pusik right before that says, Be Yaitza Yosef Melech Matsrayim. Right before this Pusik. He says that Yosef HaTzadik, at age 30, when someone's 30 years old, that's when they have a lot of koyach, a lot of starkite. It's a very challenging time in a person's life. And Yosef HaTzadik was not only in Mitzrayim, which was the Makor Atima, Erev Saurat, but he was coming to Pare, Melech Mitzrayim. You can imagine that if Pare was the king over Mitzrayim, he was the, the biggest source of Tima that there was. And Yosef HaTzadik, standing there at age 30, when it's not easy for a person to be in control of himself, Standing in front of Mitzrayim, maybe that would have affected him. And the Pusik is telling us that no. Yosef HaTzadik, even though he was 30 years old, and even though he was standing in front of Pari, Melech Mitzrayim, but yet Yosef, he went away the same Yosef that he always was, with the same amount of Yerushimayim. And he left as if he was leaving a simple Pari, without mentioning again that he is Melech Mitzrayim. It had no effect on him at all. So that was obviously the greatest kite of Yosef HaTzadik. Right? The Shoyer Shakadisha, Yosef HaTzadik. Um... Of course, when we learn about Yosef HaTzadik, we have to be impressed by Yosef HaTzadik and talk about the godless of HaTzadik who was able to withstand such a sioness that Yosef HaTzadik was. On the other hand, I think it's always a lesson um, you know, to not trust ourselves to be like Yosef HaTzadik. If the Torah is praising Yosef HaTzadik to, for being able to withstand such a nesoyen, uh, it means that, uh, yeah, these are challenging nesoyenists. And very often people seem to be trusting in themselves and believing that they're also on some kind of uh, big madraiga and not being so careful uh, with what they do. So on the one hand, I think we all need a lot of chizik, and we all should get chizik from the fact that if we ever find ourselves challenged by certain Yisraelis, okay, we're normal people. Yezav HaTzadik was a tzadik, and, and yeah, he just made it, Baruch Hashem, but a person should never trust himself. On the other hand, yeah, so, so if somebody sees that he is challenged, he shouldn't be broken by the fact that he's challenged. Why is this a challenge to me? Because <laughs> you're a normal person. On the other hand, we should never believe that we could overcome this on our own, and that we're on this big madraiga. And, and the third point that I think is important just to, and this is something I'm going to be talking about now, is sometimes we see that others aren't as trusting as us, as we'd like for them to be. And uh, although it may not be the best thing to express a lack of trust to a spouse or to anyone for that matter, or to your children for that matter, um, but it's important to remember that uh, you know, if, if you shouldn't be trusting yourselves, maybe someone else shouldn't be trusting you either. You know, when a person finds himself in a challenging place, in a place of Nesoyan, he has to realize that this is, this is, this is more than our koiches sometimes, and that's why Chazal tells us that we shouldn't put ourselves in a place of Nesoyan. So with that, let me go straight to the question and try to discuss this a little bit. Hi, first I have to say thank you so much for all the chizik and advice I get all the time from your lectures. It helps me greatly in my marriage and other areas as well. Okay, thank you. I am married for X amount of years, with X amount of children, and a very good relationship and very open communication. One big issue that we have is more my issue though, but it's a topic that I haven't heard you discuss before. My husband works in a business with other Jewish men and women. The business owner herself is a woman, and she prefers everyone to be in one office or next door with the open door, rather than the men being in their own place. My husband knows how I feel that it should be separate, and that it would be much better if the men and women were not together. I happen to be very possessive over my husband. I had mentioned to him plenty about how this 
bothers me, and that this woman is also very friendly to everyone. I feel that it shouldn't be that way. Let her talk and laugh with the women, not with my husband or other men. Baruch Hashem, I know it's nothing more than that, but it's just more of what's right and wrong. And I know my husband isn't the friendly type, but people kind of mirror the way others act towards them, especially if they're together for a lot of the day in the same place. I've spoken to my husband and I know he's not leaving this business and I feel like I said it enough already. He knows how I feel and I'm sure he's doing his part, but it bothers me that this is going on. I also feel for the future that she's kind of setting a certain tone for my husband to feel more comfortable with other women. My husband knows his boundaries, but he doesn't think any, anything, really is, anything really wrong is going on. Should I be doing anything differently or does Rabbi Gruen have any advice or suggestions for me? Thank you. Okay. So, like we started off, uh, a question about a woman whose husband is in an environment that may be challenging. Right? He, he seems to be in an environment that his wife at least feels is challenging. And she's uh, uncomfortable about it. Okay. So, I'll tell you, I, I definitely see two separate issues in the question and I want to address them first separately and then together. This is a Yiddishkeit issue which this platform of my shirim is not necessarily a Yiddishkeit or Ashkufa um, shir, but uh, I can't not address the Yiddishkeit issue and the Ashkufa issue of how right or wrong is this. I, I usually don't get into referee mode when it comes to a debate between husband and wife, but I think it's important to talk about. And then there's the Shalom Bias issue, where husband and wife are not so okay. Uh, it seems that she's not okay with what he's doing. He, he probably doesn't like what, that she's harassing or being possessive, as she calls it. Um, so it, it's, it's relatively... Two separate issues. So let's just start with one. The first issue, let's just just to get out of the way, is, is the Yiddishkeit issue and the Ashkofe issue. Um, sometimes it looks like a small issue. You know, okay, so there's people in the office, we're being a little friendly, we know the boundaries, we're being healthy, nothing inappropriate. And it's not that way. It's not that way. Chazal tells us that Aina Patrapus Larayas, a person should never trust himself when it comes to these things. Um, in general, like I mentioned before, the Mishnah, Al-Tamim Ba'atzmachu, a person should never trust himself. A person should never trust himself when it comes to anything challenging like this. So of course, everything has to be done in a healthy way, with limits and, and, and guidance. The point is not to always, you're not always obligated to run as far as you could, you know, as long as something's being done uh, responsibly. But this is a challenge. It's a challenge. And I hear about it um, too often. It's a challenge what goes on in the workplace. And if there's a, a boss, a woman who's friendly and she's schmoozing with men and they're working together day in, day out, it, it's an issue. It's not a question that it's an issue. It's not the way it should be. Um, just last week I was talking to a, a Ruv. Uh, again, I'm getting a little sidetracked, but it, I think it's the same idea. Uh, a Ruv was telling me, a Ruv who's, uh, who sits on a um, bezin and he sees dentoiris, all kinds of dentoiris, and a lot of times it's men and women, um, you know, divorce situations. And he told me last week that if I'd be a few years younger and have a little more koyach and a little more guts probably, uh, I'd come up with a kol koyre against women going to men therapists. Uh, why? Because I see in Bezin, I see when they're coming to Bezin, I see how the therapists are sometimes coming along uh, with, with women. I see the relationship and I see how they talk to each other. I see, the, I see the way they look at each other, the way they discuss things. I see the language they're using and it's so inappropriate and so unhealthy and so not Yiddishlich that it's a big cause and a big part of the problem that later evolves by the time a couple's coming to Bezin. This is what I'm hearing from a, from a Ruva Dayan. Um, you know, it's not a question that uh, a, a, a setting like therapy, for example, it's a closed setting, 
right? You're talking close, you're talking about things that are personal, and you build a relationship, a man and a woman, and they're sitting together, as much as they want to be Erlich, and they, and they do want to be Erlich. I'm assuming, I'm assuming everyone wants to be Erlich. And it's not the way it should be. And now you're, I'm hearing it from somebody who's observing it, and seeing a pattern, and saying, this is a problem. Not a question. I, I knew it myself, and I heard it from many people too. Uh, I've seen many, many marriages suffer from this, these kind of situations. And it's not only in therapy. It's not only in therapy. Therapy is just one place where there's a lot of closeness going on. Uh, between therapist and client. But in, in business too, I heard it many times. It's not a question that if somebody's working hand in hand or on a daily basis, it's just that much more that you have to be careful about. Not a question. It's not a question. So nobody should ever trust themselves. Not a question. Nobody should trust themselves. If you have any reason to think that there might be an issue or that it might develop into an issue, don't, don't assume that it won't. And nobody should feel ashamed to, to admit or to mention either to a boss or to a workmate or to anyone for that matter or to your wife or to whoever it is that, that yeah, I feel that um, there's a challenge over here. I'll be honest with you. It's not easy. There's a famous story about the Rebbe Lapian who uh, a Talmud has told him, no, Rebbe, for me, it doesn't, it, it doesn't affect me anymore. So Rebbe Lapian, I think, that, I think his response was, tell me your name, I'll doubt him for you. There must be something wrong with you. Even Al-Tayid, they said, I'm old, I'm old Yid. Rebbe Lapian. And when I, see, when I see something I shouldn't, it still attracts me, it still tempts me. If you're not attracted by it or tempted by it, there must be something wrong with you. Now sometimes people get immune, and, and on, a, on some level it's a big problem. I was talking to a young man not long ago, he was sitting by a closing, and there was a, a broker and a lawyer and whatever, and there a whole table of men and women, and one of them was a, a Heimish woman, and he tells me, a very ehrlich young man, I'm talking about a very ehrlich chassidish young man, and he tells me, you know, I, I tried my best, but it wasn't simple. I can't understand how people sit together and work on a team. It was a team of a, you know, between the broker and the lawyer and whatever. People work together often. He said, I was sitting there once and it was very disturbing. How do, how do people work together like this? If a woman's coming into work dressed like this and, and friendly like this and, and this goes on a daily basis. So it's not a question that uh, nobody's made of plastic and as much as we try to fool ourselves um, that we're immune to things, it's, it's, it's not that way. And any business owner or anyone setting up an office that doesn't do it the right way, is definitely Again, I don't know anything about this office, and I don't mean to get personal, I don't know who you are, I don't know anyone is, I don't know if it's being presented accurately or not, I have no idea. But I do know that, that there are those that are more careful in their own businesses, and they, they make sure there's a shmira, and make sure things are being done Yiddishlich, and it's a wonderful thing. And I know that there are many that don't, they don't, they don't, they, don't, they either want to ignore it, or don't, for whatever reason, and it's definitely a problem. Now, on the other hand, on the other hand, there are businesses that are very oizgalten, and they're set up nicely. And, uh, you know, as much as somebody might want to be machmer on himself and work in a men-only environment, I can't say that it has to be that way or that halachically it has to be that way. And it's not a question that, um, you know, that's why we have Rabunim, that's why we have Das and that's why we have to ask someone to make sure you're doing the right thing. It's not easy to change a job, it's not e- easy to change a workplace, it's not easy to find a job, but it's not a question that this is something that you definitely want to um, discuss with somebody, make sure that you as a business owner and you as an employee are in the right place at the right time and not trusting yourself, and not doing something you shouldn't be doing. Not a question. To assume that the Torah is going to write about you, uh, that Yosef Hatzadik was 30 years old, and he went out unaffected, is not something that anyone should rely on. Now, let's move over to the Shambai's part. So you have a woman who has a husband working in a certain environment, and she feels that it might be a problem. Right? And like I said, I don't know if it's a problem. I have no idea what goes on in that office. It's not, it's not a question that a, that a, controlling, a, a controlling attitude of a woman toward her husband, or a non-trusting attitude, both, is never good and never helpful. When a woman's expressing 
how little she trusts her husband, or if she's trying to control what he does, neither of those are, are helpful. It doesn't help anyone. Even just in the context of, of what we're discussing, you know, just helping your husband do the right thing. It, it doesn't help anyone. Um, you know, and I, I've seen and heard about situations where people feel so controlled and interrogated by their wife over every little interaction they have with a woman. Whether they're talking to a sister or working to, or talking to somebody in business, a client or whatever it is, a customer, and everything becomes a, a, like a whole, a whole interrogation. What you're saying, why you're saying, why you talk to her, who do you talk to, and why? It's, it's a big turnoff. You know, it's not helpful. It doesn't help a man to know that his that his wife is going to harass him. It only it only it only tempts him um, to do things more secretive or, or let her not know about it, which is not, which is not helpful. Uh, it's not a question. There's nothing attractive about that. You know, if, if a woman's trying to attract her husband, let's put it that way. On the contrary, if somebody's boosting her husband and saying, you know, I have full faith in you and I believe in you and you're Ehrlich a person and I see the good in you and, and, and showing him and convincing him how Ehrlich and good he is, that, that's always much better and all women, all women should do that. That has nothing to do with your husband working in, a, in, a, in an office with women. Every woman should always show her husband how much she believes in him and how Ehrlich he is and make him feel good about himself and identify as an Ehrlich a person. That's not a question. It doesn't mean that you should disregard a concern or an issue that's bothering you and something that might be a big problem. It's just how you bring it up and how you talk about it and, and how personal you get and how controlling you get and how non-trusting you get. That, that's definitely something that you have to be careful about. Whenever you're talking about something like this, especially when it could sound like you're not trusting someone, take it on yourself. Don't put it on your husband. Don't say, it's not possible. I heard a shift from Rabbi Gruen that it's not possible uh, that at age 30 uh, you could withstand such tests and I don't want you to fool me or fool yourself. Don't say that. You're gonna, the, the, his, his last resort is to decide that he knows better than you and that you're, you know, or... or or admit that, that you're right, which, which often doesn't happen. Um, but if you take it on yourself and say, listen, I know you're a very Ehrlich person, and I trust you. And if you're there and you believe it's good and whatever, I'm sure you checked it out and you know and whatever, it still bothers me. I, I'll admit that it bothers me. It might be my own thing. When you take it on yourself and you admit that it might be your own issue, and you're very clear about the fact that you would want to address it, you want to, you want to be responsive, you want to feel better about it, um, you know, that, that's usually a much better way to bring something like this up. There's a lot to say about it in general, about the, how to communicate it. I'm just, I'm just trying to give the idea of you don't have to disregard something bothering you, especially if it really could be a concern. You have to make sure how you do it, and you make sure it doesn't turn into a personal thing. And it's not me against you and me trying to control you. You don't want your husband to start fooling you and saying, you know, I moved to the other office, okay? Okay, stop. I moved to the other office. That's fine. That's not the point. But very nicely, if a woman could suggest, and a, and a husband could suggest for that matter, um, that you speak to her about it, you speak to a third party about it, you just make sure that it's, that it's being done right. Some because I don't trust you. It's because I want to feel better. I want to, make, I, don't want, I want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. It's the same thing the other way around, by the way. I usually say it, but I'm saying it now. If a husband feels that his wife is working for a man and there's too much interaction or inappropriate interaction, again, it's things I hear all the time, all the time. It should be addressed. It shouldn't be addressed in a personal or interrogating or controlling way, but it should be addressed responsibly. And you should definitely talk to somebody about it that you could both feel comfortable about it. Not a question. Not a question. Nobody, nobody should feel that they have to ignore it because... Because I'm not as mashkir. That's not the point. And the point is not that you're being as mashkir. The point is that if it's a problem, it's a problem. And sometimes your husband or your wife might not be aware of how big a problem it is. And I've seen, I don't want to scare anyone, I don't think that's the point over here uh, in this situation, but I've seen marriages get really, really affected uh, by, by, by the other gender uh, relationships going on at work or other places. Not a question. Now, so I spoke about the Yiddishkeit part, and I spoke about the Shambayas part, and now there's a part where they come together. It's not a question that they come together. They definitely intertwine. Uh, uh, a woman, although we know and we're taught, and it's true that a woman should not be her husband's mashgiach. 
shouldn't be as much gear. And on one on one hand, in one sense, we say that listen, you know, you're an independent person, you're an individual. I'm an individual. Uh, we're not responsible for each other. We have to make each other's. We can't make each other's choices. On the other hand, it's clear that you know, based on the Torah, there's an issue of pas basalei. When somebody is married and his wife is there for him and she's available for him, it's a shmirah. Part of a woman's obligation is to is to provide whatever kind of shmirah she could to her husband. So the Yiddishkeit and the Shalom you know, come together in, in the sense that a woman has a lot to offer a husband to be able to help him withstand the uh, challenges. You know, the Gemurah says, how, how, how you go about it, but if a person first gets married, he can learn Torah with Tahara. If he's not married, it's that much harder. So it's clear that a woman has a big part in helping her husband do the right thing. We find when it comes to Chazichid, for example, also Ishtim Hashem right? The fact that his wife is there, it's a Shmira. So no man should see his wife as getting in the way, you know, as bothering him. She's there to help him, and she should also know that she's there to help him. Uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's not about being a Mashgich, it's, it's being a help. It's very helpful when a, when a wife is in the right place at the right time, with the right attitude and the right uh, mood, and, and knowing how to be attractive to her husband in a healthy way, and, and, and doing what she could, you know, to help him out. Not a question. Um, I've seen situations where women were not understanding of how much they should be giving. They were only understanding of how much someone else uh, shouldn't be giving to their husband. And, and I, think, I don't want to go into it in detail, but it's, it's a problem. You know, Rashi teaches us what happened in Mitzrayim when the men came home after a long day of work and uh, the women were waiting for them all dressed up and attractive. And you know, This is something that's uh, so helpful. But how many men com- tell me and complain that uh, my, my wife is only attractive to other people? She's only getting dressed. She's only looking good when other people are seeing. And for me, there's nothing there. So if anyone's worried that their husband might be challenged by something in the workplace, aside from addressing it responsibly, um, you know, it's definitely something to think about uh, when it comes to making sure your husband is less tempted at work because there's more going on at home in a healthy Yiddish Ehrlich way. So again, the trust and the confidence that any woman could give her husband is a very big thing. Um, But don't be naive and don't think that it's nothing. Again, I I, I don't want to in any way make anyone less trusting of their spouse, especially because I don't know the situation. It would be ridiculous for me to, to give an opinion of what's really going on over here. But, you know, to say he's an elderly person, that's really nothing, and I'm just being possessive, and there's probably nothing happening, there's it, it, no reason for that. You could boost your husband's confidence and show him that you believe in him without being naive and without turning the other way and not addressing something that could be an issue. And you should not be afraid to say something, um, you know, when something has to be said. Like I said, especially a workplace and customers and clients and anything that's Libai Gazba. Chazal teaches these, these, these guidelines are Chazal's guidelines, not mine. By the time somebody gets too close, it's, it's a problem. On the other hand, we find the Hilchazichet actually also that a Shifcha, right? if somebody has a maid and, and she's at home, it's not a Shmira for Yichid. Why? Because he's, he's too comfortable with the maid. He doesn't care if the maid sees anything inappropriate happening. So we say it's not a Shmira. A wife should be a Shmira. Which goes to show that if you, your wife is too naive and too forgiving, and there's no accountability, and, and I heard this from people, oh, my wife has no idea, she'll never know, and it's by Gaz, but in that sense, then she's not either a Shmira. So I think it's, it's healthy and good for men to know that the women are a little insecure when their husbands are, are dealing with other people, never in a controlling or, or, uh, or, or, or lack of trusting way, but being responsible and being in a healthy place at the right time is definitely good. So when we see the Torah praise Yosef HaTzadik for being able to withstand you know, these tests, it's, it's just to teach us that we should not trust that we're on that madrega. That's what I think is very important. So just to summarize, there is the Yiddishkeit issue that everyone has to be careful about themselves. Don't trust yourself. Nobody should trust themselves. We keep on needing more Shemitah and more Shemitah 
as the exposure and the openness and the accessibility of the world uh, develops. So it's not a question that the Yiddishkeit issue definitely just make sure that it's okay. I'm not, I'm not, getting, I'm not getting into detail. I'm not anyone's rov and I'm not telling anyone what the guidelines should be or are. But it's definitely something that always needs a certain amount of tightening. The shown bias aspect, should never be, it should, this should never be brought up in a way that you're showing someone you don't trust them or getting personal. On the other hand, you could bring it up very gently and, and say that it would definitely make you feel much more comfortable if you discuss it with a third party. And like I said, the fact that a woman could be available for her husband and close to her husband and uh, you know, help him out in the right way, that could definitely help us overcome all these challenges, trust each other, live together in a healthy, conditioned way, a high-legal way, live together, Mahava, Ahmed, Shulam, Varayas.